Aaron Van Campen is a location scout who has recently went viral on social media with his wildly popular question, what do you do for a living? Aaron brazenly walks up to luxury homes and asks the owners the controversial questions everyone always wondered. Check him out on TikTok at 1% Homes to see who he stumbles up next. You excited for this episode? Tap in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Campus Cuts, a multicultural intergenerational show that brings together students, faculty, entertainers, entrepreneurs, and people from all walks of life to be able to chop it up and talk about society and culture. Today, I got an incredible guest, man. We were just chopping it up right before going live. Somebody that is literally (laughs) the world, he's taking the world by storm with his viral videos on TikTok and also just him and his personality of being able to do something that not a lot of people do, but they always thought. I've had the pleasure and the honor of hosting the CEO of 1% Homes and as well as the man with the plan, Mr. Aaron Van Campen. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the introduction. That was awesome. Uh, Make me feel great. I'm excited to be on the show. The whole concept of this show is awesome to me. Young people connecting with, you know, recent graduates, professors, just other people alike. It's kind of like a networking experience and you can learn pe- learn from other people, pick brains. When you uh, asked me if I wanted to be on the show, I said, definitely, you know, like I, I want to get more publicity and I really think this is a great place to start and no better place than to an audience that probably enjoys my content. Bro, absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. For sure. So, of course, before that, for anybody that's not familiar, if you're new, um, this whole concept really started with um, LeBron James to shop. And I was inspired by that by bringing people of different perspectives to be able to talk about sports, athletics, and politics, and a bunch of things. And I really think it's important for our generation, Generation Z, to really start having to be in these conversations because, I mean, we're next up, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we got to pave the way. And I think a lot of, you know, even some of the doors I knock on, some of the people that meet me and a lot of the people ask me on online, what do you do for a living? And at this point, I'm not, I ask people what they do for a living. So what a job is that? You know, like you, you would have never even heard of that before until now. And like, I, I haven't, I haven't hit like groundbreaking, like bankroll by any means, but you know, this is my full-time job now. So who knows what could be next and like the sky's the limit for anybody watching or anybody that looks at what the hell this guy just did you could do something too just you got to pave the way just pave the way man <laughs> well of course you know i was able to give you a little introduction but yeah. now of course you know with any with all the guests i will usually ask what is what is your name i mean of course you're not in college yeah. but patient and then your hometown and then we go in from there okay uh so you mentioned my name is aaron van campen um I grew up here in Toronto, Canada, Ontario. Uh, I actually, I, so I went to college myself. I went for advertising and marketing at uh, Humber College. Again, it's, it's a college here in Toronto. There's two campuses. I went to Humber College for advertising and marketing, and uh, I left. And I fit. I didn't finish actually. Oddly enough, I, I still need one elective to finish. But <laughs> so I went to school for advertising and marketing. I need an elective. I got a job right out of school. And it was an office job and it was with a lot of an older demographic and it it wasn't really for me. And prior to that job and all through school, I was bartending and doing event promotion. So I would basically like a nightclub promoter, so to speak, I'd work at a number of different nightclubs in the nightlife industry and then bartend. And so when I finished school in marketing, 
I ended up at a desk job and going from like bartending and nightlife experience, it was like such a transition that it, I couldn't do it. So I ended up leaving the, the marketing job and going back to bartending. And around that time, I started really hounding in on the location scouting. I got into location scouting and I explained prior what it was, but location scouting is a, it's a role many people don't know is a thing. Essentially, anything you watch on TV, movies, commercials, music videos, they hire a company, a, a locations business. So they find you locations. So if you film a commercial, like I did a lot of like Home Depot, Canadian Tire, Swiffer, Home Hardware, you name it, car, Lexus, Honda, Toyota. Like I did a lot of these big clients and I'd find them wow. their locations to shoot their commercials. And in a lot of commercials, there's a house involved. So I would be knocking on people's doors and I'd be trying, first of all, I would try to call real estate agents. I would try to find, you know, whomever I knew that might have what I need in their house. But for right. the most part, you have to knock on the door. So I started doing location scouting and I really pounded up the location scouting and uh, I was doing location scouting and bartending at the same time. And then I fizzled out of the promotion stuff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I came up with this creative idea to try to market my location business because the pandemic really slowed down the film industry and there's so many scouts and only so many jobs. So I wanted right. to get my name out there. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I think what you did was was super smart way of being able to pivot. And it's kind of funny that you said that you're even in the entertainment industry, like in your, you know, your way of being able to get into it. Did you ever feel like that this was what you were going to do? Uh, I knew, I always kind of knew that there was going to be some sort of groundbreaking idea because I've had a lot of really diverse ideas right. and I knew that some of them would be killer, but I, I didn't come from any sort of money or funding. Like to, for me to start something was always the issue of, I'm going to have to dedicate X amount of time. That's going to mean I'm going to lose X amount of dollars. And I've been on my own, I've been living on my own side. I've been 18. So mm -hmm. I always have had to pay my own bills since I was a young guy. So I, I could never dedicate so much time. And you always hear people they like, oh, you don't make a revenue with your business within the first like year. And I'm like, I gotta pay the bills at the end of the month. I'm like, I can't miss work, you know. Like, so a lot of my ideas, they didn't allow me to put the time in because I I just couldn't do it. But this was something that I could mix in with the location scouting. Like while I did location scouting, I could also potentially just knock on some doors and see it grow as it as it did. And now I. I I don't even have the time to take a location scouting job right now. Really? Wait, now, yeah. why is, okay, so is it because you're so busy creating content? Yeah, so there's a number of things involved. So to create one video, you, I have to knock on like 30 to 50 doors just to get the response I want. So that takes a full day. And the amount of views I'm getting on my videos, so I need to, I'm trying to push out like four or five, I'd love to get seven videos a week. So I need to keep making content constantly or trying to, but there's so many other hidden aspects of running this TikTok page that I don't think a lot of other people have done. So I'm looking for like a lot of different types of sponsors that can help me. I'm looking to connect with universities and colleges to be featured on my channel. So let's say when I knock on someone's door and they say, I'm a lawyer and everyone's like, wow, I, I want to become a lawyer. Okay. Right. Well, 
you can work with one of my sponsors and find a university close to where you live and you can become a lawyer and you could get right. a house like this. Right. So a lot of what I'm trying to do is show that these extravagant luxury ways of living are attainable and you yes. just can actually go and talk to these people. Like it's, it's, it does take a little bit of courage. I don't think everyone's going to have enough courage to go knock on a door per se, but these things are attainable. Right. And, and I think that's definitely so true. The idea of like, you, you have a lot of balls. <laughs> it didn't, I didn't originally, man. I didn't originally. The hospitality industry helped me a lot. So it like, I started in hospitality when I was like 16 washing dishes mm -hmm. and I went to busser. So I'd like clear the tables, wipe the tables, run like food. And then I got to bar back. And by that point I had, I, I started to adapt and get more open with talking to people and people I've never met before. So I kind of evolved my like person, like my, my personality to be outgoing from there. And then from to location scouting, that was like, you literally are like knocking on some random person's door. People have the time think they're soliciting you. You're soliciting <laughs> and you're just really coming to them with an offer is all. Right. So, right. which I guess could be considered soliciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but hey, but I mean, it is a business because whenever you think about it, I mean, I'm trying to get into the, uh, the entertainment uh, production. You know, I want to have this, this is the beginning of my production studio. Obviously yeah. because of COVID-19, you can't film nowhere, but what can I do? I decided to pivot. Hey, let's create a podcast and then I'll be an opportunity to create content on all these platforms and go live, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you, got, you have to pivot. Yeah, I didn't even know about the idea of that there's a thing called location scouting until today when I'm doing yeah. more research about that and whatever. Like, that is so wild. And again, those are the little intricacies that we really got to think about whenever like a production is brewing. There's so many positions that involve one production, yeah. And a lot of people have asked me, how do you become a location scout? Like I even, I've had friends before, like this whole TikTok fame stuff, ask me like, what is a location scout? And I explained to them and they're kind of like, wow, I didn't know that exists, but it makes sense. because. Do you think people just know where to film? And do you think that they, like who goes and negotiates where it gets done? But uh, the, base, the way I got into it was I started as a set dresser. And then I, one day I was working on the job, a commercial for Honda. And there was some dude there sitting in a chair. And I remember I'd seen them multiple times. A, a set dresser is someone that like lifts the furniture and puts the things in position to make the, the set dress properly. Mm -hmm. you know? And I saw this guy sitting in a chair. I'm like, what do you do? Like, you're just chilling here. Like, I'm actually a location manager. I'm like, what's that? He's like, I manage the location. I'm like, okay, that was a dumb question. <laughs> and I'm like, how do I do what you do? Cause I'm like, I want, I don't, I'm lifting furniture out here. You know, like I wanted to like get comfortable. And he's like, well, call this guy. Maybe he has some work for you. I, so I, I gave him a call and I told, he asked me if I have a driver's license. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you know the city? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to put you on a job scouting. Let's see how you do. If you do well, I'll give you more work. And then from there, I, I started working with, he was an, a location manager. So the location manager hired me as a scout. I've been working with that guy for like four or five years and working with him, he referred me to other people, referred me to other people, referred me to other people. All my business was acquired through referral mm. and it was based on performance. So I would bang out like, you're looking for a backyard with a hot tub and a pool. That's a commercial. I have to go find them. I get you 16 in a day. And they're like, like, what do you mean you found 16 of those in a day? So I got a lot of referrals based on my performance because I was so good. I mastered knocking. I mastered using the internet as a as a like a, a tool so like pools okay i'm like google earth Hoo -hoo. Knock, knock. <laughs> i know you have a pool like you know so stuff like that i, I use different ways that maybe other people had never done or i just i don't know i, I don't say i'm not saying i did it better but I, than anybody but i did it well and it, it allowed me to get referrals right right yeah i think that's super good and interesting that how of course 
You've been like, I mean, you've mastered the craft. So I, I want you to talk about the very first time that you knocked on a door and how was that experience for you to be able to get out of your shell to then be like, hey, I'm gonna take the courage enough to be like, hey, this is my job. I need, I need your place. Can you give it to us? <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about the first door I knocked on to film for TikTok or the first door for, for location scouting? Location scouting. Oh, so the first job I got, I actually, I don't remember what the production was. because I've done so many. I could find it out. But I remember just sitting in my car and it was houses. I remember sitting in my car and being like, knowing that the door I'm knocking on, they could be interested. And what really helped me is that these locations, they're paid. So when I go up and knock on this person's door, I'm not trying to sell them anything. I'm offering them like anywhere between like two and $10,000 to use their house. So to me, I just convinced myself that I'm knocking on the door and it's, and it's, you won the lottery almost, but it doesn't mean, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm, I'm knocking on the door with really good news. Your house could potentially be used and you could potentially make two to 5k depending on how long we need the house. So I had to negotiate prices, but so, the fact that I wasn't knocking on the door and trying to give something to somebody that they didn't want, that was giving them money, you know? So they, you have the house, do you want the money? Here's the offer. So it, I had to really like embed that in my mind that I'm giving them something that they'll they'll want. So I use that with the, with the, the TikTok as well. I'm giving somebody a platform to show off their house. Like I, I thought about house magazines. People have these gorgeous houses. Right. People with gorgeous houses and gorgeous cars why do you think they bought that stuff? Because they, they like people looking at it, you know? So <laughs> here's an opportunity for you to get a lot of press, a lot of, you know, coverage. Like I'm on the news, you know, people are looking at your house, like, and they're looking at you at the door and you're telling them what you do. So it's kind of almost, tap I'm giving them something they want. Maybe some people want, a lot of people don't want, but I'm, I had to convince myself that when I knocked on the door, I was offering them something. And as soon as I could convince myself that it helped me with the courage. And I think that's a really that's a really good thing that you said that you were offering something because of course if anybody in marketing advertising or something the word that you always hear is value what are you giving somebody value yeah. value 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 and I really think it was understanding because I know for most people whenever like you have a salesman kind of like a cable person like hey do you want something that is going to change it most of the time it's more of like hey please buy this from me. Yeah, pretty rather, much. Rather, now you decided to, honestly, just because of a simple trick, saying, hey, I have something that is valuable to you. One, during the time, like, you get money for using your house. That's cool. But now with the way that you've promoted your content, you're given an opportunity, a platform for people to be empowered by this. And I love the fact that you're saying, yeah, you're looking for sponsors because now, again, I, I really think it's pretty noble how you said, all right, I want to be able to like get a sponsorship with the university. If somebody wants to be a lawyer, because there's a bunch of kids on TikTok Big who time. want to do great things, who want to do this, but they don't necessarily have the tools or have anything to be able to get there. But now mm -hmm. you are that bridge. And of course, you know, every, if anybody's looking at the current economy, we all know that brands like like social media has been such a disruptor for the advertising and the and media companies in general. Yeah. They don't resonate. And like not like but like and that's why there's people like you are doing the resonating and then after they're like, Oh my gosh, let me get this guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I I've had a few offers and, and, and things to connect with, but the, the offers that have come to me and like 
I can't stress enough that I want them to be on brand. And it's not all about like, I know I, I got to study marketing. It's not all about being on brand. I want it to have the same values, the same messages. That's why I said partnering with a realist, uh, partnering with a, uh, a university or multiple universities across the States or across Canada, something people can say, okay, you want to be a lawyer? What do you want to do for a living? Boom, boom, boom. Okay. You want to do this? Where do you live here? Okay. This is the school. This is the program that you can become to do this all through a sponsorship site. But that's the, my brand. I want to be educating people, showing them that they can get this stuff. I'm also thinking about wealth management. Like a lot of the people, you're right, they're young. I want to introduce them to platforms that they can help manage their money, save their money, invest their money, uh, learn programs. Like you see all these people online that are like, oh, buy this course and you learn how to do drop shipping and stuff. Like I don't <laughs> want sleaze. I don't want sleaze. I want real, actual financial support for young people that can connect and see the houses. They see the glam. They think, wow, look at these houses. I'll never have that. Wait, look here because you can have that. And this is how you can do it. So that is what I mean by connecting with my brand. Yes, yeah. it's elite stuff. It's nice. Like a lot of the, the brands I'm, I'm going to be partnering with are elite, but that's the flashiness to catch the audience. Right. Catch those young kids with the flash and show them that they can actually attain it. Click here and see where you can go to get there. Right. So that's kind of what my vision is. All right. So, and, and dude, that is amazing because of just that nature. So talk about that. Like, of course, that obviously has to come from somewhere. Like, um, I want you to dive in a little bit into like your personal journey. Like what made you want to continue to pursue such a thing? Like you want to teach people about wealth. You want to teach people about being able to achieve more. And you mentioned that how you said you never really grew up with a lot of money or anything like that. Like, um, if you don't mind, like talk about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I've heard this story many times, so I'll keep it brief, but did you learn about keeping your finances together in uh, public school or any educational system? That no. Was you? <laughs> no. And you, I feel like you can already tell where I'm going with this. I missed out. I didn't, they don't, you, everybody has to do taxes, but I'm learning long division. Like, you know, I don't know, like there, there, there should be a somebody or something implemented that helps people learn financial skills, uh, you know, basic life on I like I moved out when I was 18 and I didn't have a pot to piss in I was like that was it and I I'll have to do taxes I'm like what is that you know so the reason I kind of think that this has like a lot of distance is I can provide that that ground and that knowledge and that those fill those voids and maybe just maybe the fact that I can be a voice for that maybe some educators and and plat and platforms where people get taught will open up their doors to see that, hey, we should maybe look at actually doing this finally because so many young people that are coming out of like high school are like going right into real life and they don't have the life skills yet. You know, like I took a class in high school. It was it was mandatory in the TDSB, which is the Toronto District School, school Board. It's called Civics and Careers. That right. was probably about the only class that taught anything about careers or, or the economy. And it was so brief. And in grade 10, I was just like screwing around. Like I, I was never a straight A student. So it was hard for me to click it then. So there's there's different points in your life that, you know, you should be able to grasp this. And the earlier you can start, the earlier you can get people on board, the, the connect with them on TikTok, AKA, the better. Right. And I, and I think that is so true as well, because I'm just thinking about talking about, like thinking about my own experience um, in like, you're so right. You are so right. Like, I, I was listening to an episode, a podcast episode of Damon John with um, T.I., the rapper T.I. Yeah, and okay. when, when he was talking about it, um, his podcast called Expeditionally, um, John, Damon John, T.I. asked him, hey, uh, Damon, 
what's one thing that you would have wished that you would have known earlier? And he said, I wish I would have known how to take care of my finances. That's yeah. like education. And I, I mean, I'm not sure if people want to be conspiracy or whatever, but I do think it's kind of weird how the public, whether it's a public school board or even a private school education doesn't necessarily provide the students to understand what type of, um, how important the financial aspect of our lives really is. Imagine yeah. you get out of college, you get out of high school, you sign for a loan, and then you're automatically in debt for college. <laughs> yeah, you're I know. Out of there, I, know. Like, I need to find a job. It's only 50K a year? What? Yeah, I know, I know. And the thing is, like, I've seen friends that you fall off. Like, they, they, they tried to spread their wings and fly, and they don't. And, like, that can ripple into, like, depression. And that can ripple into, like, never actually reaching your maximum potential. And it's because your wings weren't ready because no one like got you to show how to stretch them. So like I said, this channel could be a platform for that. Again, I'm still trying to understand who's viewing it so I can really know how to help them the right way. The analytics on TikTok really don't work in my favor. They just, they don't show enough data. So I need to try to learn how to get more data of these people so I can give them the right connections. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the route I'm going right now. I'm trying to learn more about what they like, what they want. I do really know and I understand people like there's controversy about what I do and if it's okay to do it and, you know, this and that. But the real part of all of this is I can use this platform to really send a good message and teach people what they could possibly never have the opportunity to learn. Right. Or, you know, I can just have fun with it and keep people entertained and at least show people things they can aspire to be. That it would that I would settle for that. But if I could have it my way, we would show them how to get there and what it would be, help them, give them whatever they need, access the things. I remember being a kid and like university like programs, even my college, like the, the interface on my college to like help you find a job, it, why was it so poorly put together? For something I paid so much money for, like there should be like a really quick little, quick, click, click here, eh, 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 questions answered for the money I paid. And it wasn't like that. So I don't know, no shame at Humber, uh, but like a little, cause like, I don't know. And I've heard the same thing from other people. Their universities and colleges weren't necessarily as techy or as, 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 user-friendly as some of the apps we use on a day-to-day -day that we're used to and accustomed to. And if they were maybe a little bit faster or simply set out, then maybe those education program, education systems would be able to facilitate more learning. Right, absolutely. And I really think that is such a valid point in showing and demonstrating that. I remember going on my, no shame at Baylor, love you guys, Baylor, but there's this thing called Handshake down there at my school in Texas. And when you go on there, you're able to support, you're supposed to get connected with people. And uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess that's where LinkedIn comes in. But at the yeah. same time, though, it um, especially in where we are, it, it just um, it's just wild. It, it's like, hmm. how, dude, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the times are really strange right now with COVID. And I'm concerned about how I can maintain this channel as it stands, because I, uh, Doug, our, our, the premier just announced that the, the provinces or maybe just the city, I haven't looked because I've been so busy, but it's going back into lockdown as of today. Mm -hmm. So now I'm, I'm, I'm going to be knocking on people's doors and they're going to be in lockdown. So does that help me that people are going to be home more? Or is it like people don't want to answer their door because, you know, COVID might be knocking? I don't know. So I've yet to see how it pans out for me directly. But I, I you know, I'm, I'm still going to keep trying to make the content. I always wear a mask. 
my hands are constantly, I'm washing them between people's houses. So I take the proper measures, but uh, we'll see how the climate changes, right? Yeah, actually, man, talk about that. Like, I mean, we've been in COVID for almost like, almost a year now, uh, man, almost a year since it first came out. Um, talk about that transition. How has that um, been on you? You know, as a, as a, as a yeah. human being, like how has, and talk about that transition yes. from March to now. Yeah, 100%. So like I said, the location scouting business, it really slowed right down to a halt because the amount of people on a production team exceed the amount of people that are allowed in a certain area at a certain, like you can't basically no filming. I was also working as a bartender up until, or like working as a, it wasn't even bartending. I was packing takeout food really. So I went from bartender to packing takeout food. Like I felt like I worked at McDonald's from like being a skilled bartender, like knowing quite a bit about mixology to then just print packing food into a bag. So it felt like I was like in some like emergency support system, like packing food and like sending it out with like delivery drivers and stuff and something I've never done before. I mean, and I was grateful to still have a job wasn't much, but uh, the, 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 I was no longer bartending. The location scouting slowed right down. And, uh, that's when I came up with the idea to, Hey, I need to boost. There is, I knew there was still filming going on. So I needed to get in touch with the right people. And like I said, all my business has come through referrals and my referrals weren't cutting it. So I needed to come up with a way to market my business. And I thought, Hey, I studied marketing. I know online is a really good platform and people like nice houses. People like nice places. They want to see them. And then I saw the, what do you do for a living trend? And I thought, you know what? Doing location scouting, half the time when I knock on these people's doors and I'm in their house, like shooting or whatever, I'm wondering, what do these people do? Like, holy, <laughs> you know, like, whoa. <laughs> so I thought, hey, what if I just ask people at houses what they do for a living? What will it be received like on the internet? How will people at their doors receive it? I'm still learning. I, I, I So it all came from, it all really came from the pandemic, which I just founded, like we talked about, a way to pivot. And it, it's pivoting and we'll see what happens. Damn, man, bro, that's so that is so impressive, bro. And it literally just happened overnight. And like, this is a question that I usually ask people who have a. And I really love how the way that you structure your stuff, like your face is obviously not shown, like you're yeah. still, which is really dope. And I really think that again, that's another powerful way how we can use social media, use it as a way for people to see, hey, look what's happening around you, rather than hey, look at me, right? But, yes, hundred percent. I, I that is such a smart thing. I'm glad you mentioned it because most of TikTok is dance moves and like just reactions and stuff. And I, I don't really foresee a time where my face even needs to be involved in this. Like I've had people say, Hey, why don't you get your face involved? And I'm like, why? Like people <laughs> like the, people like the point of view. It's like, I, like, I'm not embarrassed to show my face, but I do think there's a cool mystery to it. I do think that, you know, there's, there's value there, but it's not, a, not, not the purpose. Like if you want to see my face, the Instagram is there and I'm gaining Instagram followers. But the, again, that's not really the goal here. You know, like you could follow me on Instagram. I want to come up with a creative way to make videos and, and people keep people connected on multiple platforms. So I'm, I'm going to be opening up a Facebook page. I have my LinkedIn updated. I haven't done that in a while, but, and uh, so <laughs> Facebook page, I would like to, I'm, I, I'm, well, this is probably the first time I've announced this publicly, but I'm going to be starting a YouTube page where I'm going to, so people have like the houses I've gone to, they've loved the videos so much that they're, they've, they've invited me back welcomingly to come inside and film what the inside looks like and Bro, do an interview with how they got to where they were. Dude, so, dude, yeah. dude, 
bro, so that he, YouTube is coming, man. That YouTube channel's coming. Bro, that in itself is so exciting because see, like that stuff is what you usually see. Like, I'm not sure if people know Fixer Upper. If anybody's into real estate, Fixer Upper, HGTV, shout out yeah. to my mom watching this because she's um, in, like immersed with that. But see what now, how because of social media, the way that that has been democratized. Remember, people used to have need to have sets and whatever, whatever. I'm literally doing this podcast, which has had I had a reach of over a hundred thousands of plays just on the audio platform. Not even considering the face, YouTube, whatever, whatever, and just from a laptop and a microphone. A, yeah. Like a two hundred dollar microphone, people actually. I'm like, people actually want to listen to me. Wait, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I get presenting a different type of value because you know we are. I'm having different perspectives and different people to be able to talk about the things that's what's going on in the world and see how these um ideas and how whatever has happened in there in their life has affected them and brought them to where they are today, right? And I think yeah. it's just genius in the way how you know you have been welcomed back like also i'm, I'm just over here the problem aaron can legit start a podcast or a whole show doing this like mtv my cribs that's but then, kind of what i'm looking at yeah like but it's not celebrities because i like i mentioned to you earlier i i've never really been a big celebrity guy like people ask right. me, what's your celebrity crush i'm like i could name three like people that are celebrities so like i don't know but I don't care to see a celebrity's house. I want to see a real person's house. I want to know what they do, how they did it. And I want to tell everybody because this house and this lifestyle is attainable and you can do it. And if you just listen to this person and I like a hundred percent, like if I just started a channel about asking wealthy people what they did for a living, it probably wouldn't blow up. But if I show crazy stuff, crazy houses and crazy cars and crazy bathrooms and kitchens and, and living rooms, people, it'll catch their eye. But at the same time, I can feed them a little bit of education. You know, I can show them that this stuff that you see that looks phenomenal, here's how it's happened. Here's the story behind the face. Here's the story behind the bank account that bought this house. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that type of stuff, I can hide it, bury it, and it'll get the views because of the because of the flash and it'll get the education because of the story. Yeah, yeah, man. Dude, I'm actually, after this podcast episode, I'm actually gonna send you a press kit um, of, like, of somebody that's that has done this. It's called they're, they're this media. They're this a group. Um, the oldest TikTok house called the Honey House, and basically what they did is like they're the oldest demographic. They're like they're like twenty six to thirty two. Um, shout out to the Honey House, whatever they're doing some great stuff. But it's kind of like the real world. Well, it's not necessarily providing anything educational, right? Right, and I feel like that's the power. Like, education is now entering a turning point where it's like, it is fun to learn. It is actually fun to entertain, yeah. but also edutainment as it's called. Like, I think this would be also be considered edutainment because it's an entertaining concept with an opportunity to educate people's experiences and their perspectives. Now what you're doing is you're taking a platform of a very fun platform to be able to provide value in a way that is going to be meaningful in helping people build and to inspire them. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's what should be our mission at a whole. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, I think I think this. You're right. The education system is going to hit a huge ripple, and this could be something that paves the way, maybe. And you know, everybody's attention span is getting shorter and shorter. This is why TikTok is blowing up. So if their attention span is getting slower, and all they're watching is little dance videos and like music that they probably shouldn't be listening to, that communicates things that they probably shouldn't be involved in then where are we going? You know what I mean? So if more TikTokers and more content creators made content that was A, entertaining, 
but rewards you with education. I mean, how hard is that though? I mean, look at, I remember like Bill Nye, the science guy, that was probably the originator or like, at least in my generation, that guy, he made, he made shit funny, you know, and that yeah. was cool to me. So I, and I, I, this is my first time ever comparing myself to him, but I think that there could be some comparisons drawn at this point. Yeah. I, I, and not yet. I mean, once I have more things educational, like once I launch the YouTube and I have little interviews, kind of like what you did here, like, how did you get here? And, uh, sh but also showing the glam of what getting there got them. Right, right, right. Because of course, everybody, nobody like in, in our nature, we're always moving towards something yeah. bigger, better, anything of that nature. And now my question for you is talk about the, do you feel like there's a little bit of pressure or tension with, I guess, being a, a viral sensation or like a celebrity sort of kind of celebrity, but of course, I mean, sure, I mean, you look at Charlie DeMille, which became a celebrity because of TikTok and all these social media personalities, but um, how has that been for you in terms of like understanding now I do have a platform and people are actually listening and yeah. still remaining the same and remaining humble? Well, I like, I'm definitely more cautious. Like I, I removed some of the stuff off my Instagram to kind of like clean it up because I know that some of the people that might be coming and trafficking my page, they, they don't need to see some of that stuff, you know? And I'm, I'm kind of trying to keep the stuff somewhat PG. Like I, I, I'm mindful of swearing. I'm even mindful of the emojis I use in my TikTok videos. Like I don't want to use anything that's going to offend anybody or cause any problems. Like I use fun, light, wholesome stuff. How I feel, I feel a little like... It is ang anxious, but I'll tell you, it's exhilarating. So I wake up earlier than I ever have. I go to sleep pretty much as late as I always did. Like I'm on not a lot of sleep, but I'm living like on a high right now. It's because it's I, I I wake up and it's like whoa, like every day is whoa. So that is definitely changing me. There is some stress to go with it. Like like I do think about you know if this dies, how I'll feel, or like, if I can't get it to where I want it to be, how will I feel? But I'm okay with that because again, this is all about learning. If I can do this once, I probably can do it again. If I can, if I can uh, communicate a message while I execute the first one and I never am able to do it again, screw it. At least I made something with it and people learned. So the takeaway is, you know, a lesson and hopefully lessons. Right, man. That's a that's a that's a really good mindset to have, and um, and bro, that's so real, especially in the world where everybody is so quick to get count like, canceled. Like, do you feel like it, people are a little bit like restricted once they get to like a public profile? Like, uh, um, especially like you know, you're saying like you have to take stuff down and I guess kind of police yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that, man? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I've never had really graphic, vile, like, vile things, but what? I did, like, the nightclub promoting stuff, like, I would have bottles, and I'd, there'd be girls, like, shaking their ass, and, like, things like that, and, like, there'd be, like, pouring alcohol, and, like, I'm, like, damn, TikTok's got a bunch of kids in it, like, I don't know if I want to be, like, showing them that drinking is cool, like, even, like, don't get me wrong, like, I had a beer before this, like, your casual drinking is fine when you're, you know, at a point when you can manage it properly, but, um, so I, I think I kind of lost the train there, but I don't know. I just, I think it's about balance. And if you can keep it balanced, I think the social media platform needs to stay balanced. You don't, you don't want to be too much of anything, uh, but you want to watch it because like, even like I said, like the emojis, like I, I the emojis I use, I don't want to offend the person that I answered the door of. I don't want to offend somebody that, you know, might have that job and be like, wow, or wanted to do that job. And then I 
think that it's not cool enough or something, you know? And then, oh shit, I might've just offended somebody. And to a certain degree, I feel like I might even, I, like, I might be too sensitive about it. Like I, I, because I know about cancel culture and I don't want to be canceled and I, I have a good message to send. So I want to have that backing and be cautious, like tread lightly. But I, I do think the cancel culture personally, it, it can be a bit radical. Like sometimes right. I remember when, uh, 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 who was it? I don't know, but I've seen, I've seen quite a few people get canceled and I'm like, really like that might've not meant to be their thing. Or like, they might've just said something and like someone got offended and that someone was someone and now they're nobody, you know? And like, it sucks, but you, you gotta be really careful. You know, I don't, I, yeah. Yeah. I wish I could draw an example, but like I said, I'm, I'm so bad with names, but I remember I've heard stories and I'm like, damn, like, I, I think I know that guy. Like, well, that's all he did. I'm like, Whoa. Like how does, how does the internet have such a joined power to just shut somebody out? Like, you know what? I, there's one reference I can draw. So some, uh, a girl in my, in my comments, one of my first videos, maybe like the third one of the top three she commented like make your own content and and then tag daniel or it's daniel mac who's the guy that does this and asks people with the cars and i said i make my own content and this 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 girl her poor thing i got like 10 or tens of thousands of likes on my comment and like none on hers and then i i a buddy of mine opened up her thing and was telling me about it and every single one of her tiktok videos said make your own content so like my fans went to her page and literally like ripped her so like and now i'm thinking i'm like what if i comment something else i don't even like after seeing that i'm like i don't comment on other people's stuff anymore <laughs> like <laughs> like who knows <laughs> you know you comment on like a, a really famous person's thing and next thing you know i have five thousand comments on my page saying make your own content like whoa like yeah. who knows so yeah the, the internet moves in waves and i'm and i'm trying to figure it out but it's a beast of its of its own nature. So, Ooh, man, I'm telling you, like that is so real. I remember having um, shout out uh, Taylor uh, Taylor Price and Paris Bafna. They're like one of the top TikTokers in terms of teaching about personal finance, especially as women as females, right? Um, being able to truly like you know express that, and they always used to say that they got a lot of hate, man. Mm. They got a lot of hate because you're like people being misogynistic, people being racist, people saying that, you know, you should be in the kitchen, saying that you think you're so smart, like what's happening? Yeah. That's like, well, you know, you usually see this stuff, like whenever, like back in the day, Paris Hilton or like some celebrities that are doing that. But then you're doing this from, like, honestly, regular people, like every, every yeah. person. And I'm just like, oh, this is yeah. easy yoke to bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what, like on a sensitive note, like I, I've seen a lot of comments, people say like, oh, uh, it's only cause you're white that you're allowed to, or you're capable of doing this. And like, I can see that. And I know that there's privilege that it, that is involved in the world, but I tr really truly believe that if I was dressed like a hoodlum, no matter what color my hair, my skin is, people are gonna have a real different response at the door. If you can speak the part, you could dress the part, you can present yourself. doesn't matter, you could be purple, green you could be a, like anything you want and you can do it like I, and again i know it's coming from someone of like my color so it might sound like yeah maybe he can say that but i beg you to try like tr dress up nice and go try to do what you want look look the part dress the part and you'll get the part 
Mm. I really think that's a, that's a perfect segue because I usually do ask these type of questions towards the end of the podcast. It's like, you know, how have you felt like, you know, yourself as a, a white man in Canada too? Like, uh, this is, he's not in from the States, y'all, but like in Canada, like how has that been, that interaction been growing up throughout your life and some of the privileges? Yeah. I got you. I can answer it. So uh, people that don't know, Toronto is the most multicultural city in the world. And I grew up like... I went to, I actually went to six high schools. So I moved around quite a bit, all in the GTA, various reasons, moving. I did get in a bit of trouble with one at a fight, this and that. But I went to various different high schools. And a lot of them, I was like, one of them, I was the only white guy with blonde hair in the entire school. Right. So I'm like, by no means would I ever want anybody to think that I'm like asking for like, oh, poor white guy. No, it was never that. But I did experience like being the minority in a world where people think that I'm the majority. So it was a little bit of a weird flip and I learned a lot and I learned what it was like to be a minority, but I mean, no way in hell what it would actually be like. I'm not like, wouldn't want to go that far, but I could, mm -hmm. I could see a little bit of what it is. And it was, it was an interesting learning process, but the city is so multicultural and like I have friends of all different ethnicities. I see how they could be treated sometimes. And then I can see how I could be treated. It's not fair. And I would love to see more people just break that barrier. Like, when I see people's comments saying, oh, you can only use, cause what, it, it, what do you think that says to the kid at home that might be, you know, Asian or brown or black? And then he thinks that that's true. Like think about the kid at home that you just convinced that he couldn't do that. No, like that's not cool. The comment, maybe you're hating on me, hate on me, but don't hate on me. Cause a little kid at home is now gonna think he could never go and knock on a door because he's not white. Like that's awful. So you can do whatever you want. Dress the part, talk the part, walk the part. I, I don't know. I said it better the first time. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I yeah, think, that's kind of my my MO, really. Yeah, bro. And I think that's so valuable in the way that you are able to say that. And I love the, the fact that you said that you have been in a, in a place that you have been in the opposite. Like, you felt like... You know, you understand the nuances of the world. And especially, you know, again, cancel culture, people going crazy and saying this and trying to rip people off. But I think it's the way that it's beautiful and the way that you are able to have the humility to be able to understand that and be able to interact and do talk to that. Like, shout out to Ronald, shout out to the six being one of the top places in the world in terms of multiculturalism, because it really is important for people to get that experience. And now, you, you, you're not even doing your, like, again, the way that you're focused on your content is not, hey, guys, I'm creating something, look at me. You are now thinking levels and light years above in your head, like, man, what about the people who are different from me, but who can be moved to do that? And I really think that, I mean, I obviously see your hearts, and it is evident in your work. And, and yeah. it, again, dude, dude, and check it out, too, because each and every person that opens the door is completely different, too. You're yeah. in the area. Yeah. And I and I and I showcase that. If if I just had one ethnicity knocking on the door instant door all the time, that would suck. But you can see in my videos this city, like there's people in all different places, different races, like they made it. Don't think you can't. Like I I, I, I love that this is actually I just it's a fluke, but it's happening in Toronto. And I knock on different neighborhoods, I knock on hundreds of doors, I see hundreds of different people. There's no one like race that's predominant like i mean there is neighborhoods in the city that are more segregated a little bit like you can find jewish people in this neighborhood portuguese people in this neighborhood like asian people in this you can do that yes but doesn't mean that the person at the door is always going to be that ethnicity there's like chinatown and whatnot like but there could be anybody living there and it, it's it's a mixed bag so look at the people that answer the door look at the diversity 
I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to see. And I think that that alone can inspire people to like, oh, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. Look, this guy did it, you know, and not this. I'm not talking about me. Like you said, this it's POV from me. It's not about me. Me is not involved here. It's all about the person at the door and you watching. Bro, man, that's some good stuff, man. So, of course, I want to be very mindful of your time, bro, because, you know, you're busy. You got all these press. You got people <laughs> literally knocking on your door. <laughs> but Thank um, you, bro. I man. really appreciate the time, seriously. Yeah. And just talking with you, like, it helps my brain kind of align my vision like going over this it helps a lot so i can't thank you enough for giving me the opportunity to kind of unfold my ideas with you yeah bro well so these are the last couple of questions that i usually ask my guests at the end of the show so my very first question for you is um what are three things that you would tell to your 18 year old self yeah <laughs> uh, i would say keep up the work ethic keep pumping in the hours it's worth it, even if even if you're just scraping by with the hours you pump in, because while you work, you network. So keep working hard, keep meeting people where you work, never burn bridges. That's I would say those are the top three. Never burn a bridge, keep working hard, and keep networking. Because yeah. every opportunity I've ever got was through networking and through places and people I met. And keep doing that, keep it up, so yeah. yeah. Good, that's good. And my last question for you, bro, is what do you want your legacy to be? Pardon me? What do you want your legacy to be? I'd like to make I'd like to make a difference in how the education system works because I don't think that it's adequate, at least where I'm from. And I and I on I've spoken to people in the States as well, and I don't like not not to like shots fired, but like some of them they're not super educated. And I think that that is a problem. And we have the internet now and Google and and all these resources in our pocket. Let's line these dominoes up and like let's smarten up, you know? Yeah, that's amazing, bro. Well, bro, usually how I end my show, man, is I take a moment just to speak life over my guests because I really fit me as a Christian and me as somebody as a person of faith. Yeah. Word very powerful. So I want to take this time just to give you your flowers. Bro, Aaron, you're one badass dude, bro. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you. Dude, I just want to say, dude, thank you so much for just again showcasing and demonstrating what it means to have confidence, what it means to be able to canoe to, to pursue your dreams and understanding that you are somebody that was able to be a pioneer of your own life. Moving out at 18, just hearing your story and being able to see how you're able to move being scrappy, man. It's just so inspirational. And it's it's bro, it's a putting a fire in me just being a talk. <laughs> There are people Thank out here that actually are doing and creating and moving something from that, man. So I just want to say, bro, nothing but love to you and all in your future endeavors, man. I'm so I'm so grateful that we're connected. I'm so glad that you were so open in, in the terms of everything, man. And I hope you achieve everything that you set out and more because you are truly deserving. And I'm so I'm so happy that it's happening to you, bro. Amazing. I, I do the experience to talk with you, like I mentioned before. It allowed me to unravel ideas and I hope that it puts some messages into people's minds and you know this 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 could be the new era this could be the new wave and I I hope that we I hope I can manage to do that and inspire more people so thank you again for so so much for allowing me to come on here and talk to you about it yeah bro yeah bro well where can the people find you at you can definitely find me on Instagram that is again where I'm, um, my personal stuff is if you want to talk to me there you can talk to me in my DMs I check every message even though there's a lot. I look at them might not have time to respond to all of them but I can give people insight you can also check me on TikTok obviously it's at 1% homes 
you're going to see links on there soon that are all going to be helping you to get the right connections to people like where what books to read what financials apps you can download that will help you with your finances what who to call if you run into an issue that you don't know how to do your taxes where do you live that's okay we'll find someone for you like that type of stuff you might not know where it is and you might not you might google it and you know what happens when you google things now there's just too much junk let's get the right place the right people for the right help right where you need it to be. And I, I hope that platform will be my my TikTok page and my Instagram page. So you can find me at Aaron Van Campen and 1% Homes. All right, y'all. Everybody go follow him. That's it. <laughs> we are out. Thank you so much for taking a chance to listen slash watch the podcast episode. Super grateful for all your support. Make sure you follow us on social media at Campus Cuts Pod. Be able to check out the YouTube um, Twitch, and as well as Twitter, Periscope live streams. If you want to have the chance to get the replay, make sure you share it to your friends, families, significant others, and anybody that is interested in listening to authentic conversations with great guests and people. Make sure you do that. Thanks so much for all the help. Tap in. Have a blessed day.